Hello and welcome to the G2 podcast. Um, so, I am an engineer um, and I design bridges for a living, such as this bridge here. They're not like, it's not like the Humber suspension bridge or something exciting like that, but little bridges like this. Um, so, when I get an idea um, or I get given a new project at work, one of the first things that I do after sketching some concepts of what, what, what it needs to look like um, is that we work out how much it is going to cost to build it. We then go and check with Network Rail or, you know, the council or whoever it is that's got the money. And we say, have you got the budget to build it? Um, sometimes they do and the project goes ahead. And sometimes they say, oh, no, no, that's like costs five times what we, what we thought. Uh, go away and think again. And then we have to go and think again. Or sometimes they have to go away and find, find more money. Either way, before we get too far down the road, we always sit down and we always estimate what the cost is. Do we have enough money to do it? If we didn't, we'd be crazy and we would be wasting huge amounts of time and all of your money as taxpayers um, coming up with concepts. Sometimes people do get it wrong. And there's a few famous examples on here. So Wembley Stadium, originally it was going to cost 325 million. It actually cost 800 million, which is about 1.2 billion in sort of money in today's terms. Um, Sydney Opera House is probably the most famous example of things going wrong. So that originally was supposed to cost, I think it was 7 million Australian dollars, and it actually cost 102 Australian dollars. <laughs> and it was supposed to take four years to build, and it actually took 14 years to build. But it is amazing. I've never been, but I'm told it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then finally, one that you probably have never heard of is the Berlin-Brandenburg Airport. That was supposed to cost 2.3 billion euros. It actually cost 7 billion euros. It took 30 years from start to actual opening. Like everything went wrong, you could imagine. And now, because it's taken so long, it's too small. And they're going to have to spend another 2.3 billion euros extending it to make it big enough to serve its purpose. Um, in Germany, the, the, the bottom right picture there, in Germany there's a board game in its honour where you have to uh, basically try and build an airport and whilst you're doing it, you have to waste as much taxpayers' money as you possibly can um, in honour of that, that airport. Uh, why am I talking about this? Let's read from Luke chapter 14, uh, verses 25 to 33. So large crowds were travelling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower or a bridge. Uh, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you and say, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. So why is Jesus 
in this passage, asking the disciples and, and asking us to count the cost? Um, was he giving sound, you know, engineering project advice for people like me in the future? You know, you need to think about how much it's going to cost to build a tower before you build one. Um, I don't think so. So in verse 27, it said, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Jesus is calling us to follow him. Um, and then he's reminding them, it's, you know, following Jesus is like building a tower. You don't want to leave it half finished, kind of like this one. Um, because you don't have enough commitment or you don't have enough resources or whatever it is to finish it. Um, so what is the cost of following Jesus? I, I don't know what the cost is for you in your life or what the future might bring for, for any of us. But I do know for, for some people around the world today, the cost of following Jesus is a huge. So in Afghanistan, Open Doors now rate Afghanistan as the number one um, in the list of countries that are most dangerous to be a Christian. Um, it's, it's impossible to live openly now as a Christian in Afghanistan. And according to Open Doors, if, if a Christian's faith is, is discovered, their family or their clan or their tribe um, is required to save their honour, um, usually by disowning that believer completely from the family, um, or in some cases even killing them. And it's now, according to Open Doors, widely considered to be a just way of dealing with somebody that comes to faith in Jesus Christ. In this passage, Jesus is asking us for an upfront commitment to the highest possible cost. And he uses the word, did you notice the word hate was in there? Um, and I've often thought, why has he used the word hate? And, and I think in that passage, it's in relation to how we view our families compared to him. So the extreme language is, is used to illustrate that we might sometimes have to make really difficult choices in our relationships when we choose to follow him. This way, there's no surprises later on. He calls us to pick up our cross, and this is a physical um, illustration. So, you know, we know that when Jesus was carrying the cross, um, he was in unbearable pain. So in these, in these verses, we get the idea that, that following Jesus, counting the cost of following Jesus, might in, in, uh, impact on our relationships and it might also have a physical impact on us. We know Jesus just doesn't want a blind, naive commitment, expecting an easy life. Um, in the same way, so when we look at the cost of building a, a tower or a bridge or an opera house or whatever, um, Jesus wants us, like, like I do in my projects, to stop and consider what is required of us in following him. Mm. Um, he actually uses two really absolute words. He says, if any of you doesn't give up, everything. You cannot be my disciple. Wow, that's, that's a lot. Um, is it worth it? Is he, is he worth it? I think the answer is absolutely and emphatically yes, he is. Um, he's a creator of the whole universe, and yet he wants to know and love each and every one of us, you. He sees your mistakes, and yet he chose to give up everything and die for us. He promises us a glorious resurrection and a new life with him for eternity. And while we're on earth, he wants to know us. And he wants to mold our character into his likeness as we're his apprentices. So is it worth it? I, I think it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what about for us? We're not living in Afghanistan. So when we get up tomorrow morning, we're going to have a whole new day ahead of us. Um, what is it going to cost us, really? to follow Jesus. Maybe there are some smaller costs, you know, that, 
that maybe he's asking us to count as we go through each day. I just tried to think of a few kind of typical things that we all come, come across each day. So would it cost you 15 minutes of sleep? I don't know, to sit up, to get up a bit earlier and, you know, just spend some time with Jesus. Let him speak to us before the, the rest of the day. Would it, would it cost us a bit of our reputation to hang out with those that are on the edge, maybe at work or at university or, or wherever we are? And would it cost us a promotion if we were to put family or church or whatever ahead of our work on occasion or even to stand up and say no when, you know, maybe a little lie about something might just save face, might make you look a little bit better? It's really easy, I think, to drift through our lives at the moment being quite unintentional about our decisions. Following Jesus has a cost that sometimes we're unwilling or sometimes we find it really difficult to pay. But Jesus is calling us to be intentional. Mm. So how are we going to respond today? Well, um, I found out that Beth had a cross. <laughs> and um, I, I think there's maybe two different responses to this that we, that we could have. So maybe for some of us, we know there's a cost that we've been in avoiding paying. Maybe Jesus is calling us to be a little bit more radical in our sacrifice to follow him. So again, there's the same post-its that, that we used um, to respond to, to Beth's talk um, on the road. Maybe use these and take a moment and just write down if there's something that you know that Jesus is calling you to sacrifice. Um, and then what we'll do afterwards is, again, we can add to this collection and maybe bring those up to the cross and just say, Jesus, I, I want to make this commitment to you. For others, maybe we're, you know, we're struggling and we've counted quite a lot of cost in our relationships or, or physically. And maybe we're in a difficult place right now and we feel quite overwhelmed by the challenge of following Jesus. And we could use the post-its again to just write down those things and, and bring them up to the cross and just lay them at Jesus' feet. Remember, though, that we don't do any of this alone. This isn't something that we've got a battle, battle with all of the time. The Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to help. Building a great tower or a bridge or a railway station. This is my, one of my favorite buildings in the world. This is um, Santiago Calatrava's railway station in Lisbon, if you ever want to go and have a look. Um, but yeah, building something amazing like this costs a lot of money, but I think it's worth it.